Merry Christmas to all of you. Thank you so much for being at Rock Hills with us here tonight on this Christmas Eve service. It's truly an honor to have all of you here tonight. If you're here for the first time, we want you to know that you are welcome in this place. We describe ourselves as a come-as-you-are church, meaning regardless of where you've been or what you've done or what you've faced in life, we believe that God can meet you right here in this place. And uh, we've seen it happen over and over again in our lives and in the lives of people around us. So we want you to know that you are welcome here, whether it's been a while since you've been here, if it's your first time, or if you come every week, we are glad to have you guys here with us. Well, we've been talking about anticipation because the Christmas season is just filled with anticipation. And tonight, there are going to be kids who can hardly go to sleep because they are so excited do any of you have any of those kids that are going to get up like at four in the morning and come jump on your bed and say, let's open presents, let's open presents? We can hardly blame them, right? I mean, some of you are married to an adult child that's still that way, right? I mean, okay, I'm, I'm in my 40s and on Christmas Eve, I'll still wake up in the middle of the night and go, oh, it's Christmas, it's Christmas, and I'm so excited, you know? And when you're a kid, you're excited about what you're going to be opening. You're excited about that gift and, and the moment and what Christmas is. But when you're an adult, sometimes the anticipation comes from you're just hoping your kids are going to like what you give them, right? Some of you here have your kids for the very first time. This is their first Christmas. We've got quite a few newborns around here. And the good news is you don't have to impress them. Just wave a bow in front of them or something. They're going to be just fine. But we, as parents, we really hope that our kids like what we give them, right? Well, it doesn't always work out that way. We've got a little video to show you. Check this out. Christmas. I asked parents to tell their kids they were going to let them open one present a few weeks early. But instead of a good present, I said, put something the kids won't like in the box and then upload a video of that to YouTube labeled... Hey, Jimmy Kimmel, I gave my kids a terrible present. And a lot of people did do this, and um, they did give their kids terrible presents. And a lot of the kids, surprisingly, reacted poorly to that. What's your... What's Charlie? I don't like this. Oh. What is it? An old banana. An old banana? Isn't that exciting? What are you doing? Pushing that. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. A battery and an onion. What's wrong? I don't want an onion. Did you smell your onion? Here, smell it. Anticipation is about what we are expecting, and sometimes we don't exactly get what we're expecting. And if we're real honest, some of you are in a place in life right now where you're not exactly getting what you're expecting. I mean, if you're honest, you may say, this isn't the way I hoped that my marriage would be. This isn't the way I hoped that my kids would grow up 
to be like. This isn't the way I hoped that my finances would be after I went to school for all that time or whatever it is. Sometimes life isn't exactly what you were expecting. But the good news at Christmas is, is that Christmas reminds us that God is with us, even when our expectations aren't met. And if I can be real honest with you, just personally, 2016 started off for me like a present with a bright, shiny bow on it that I was excited to open. And I felt like I opened it up and there was an old banana inside of that present. And sometimes life just does that. But I can also tell you this. I came in through these doors of the church because we used to have our entrance over here. And wandering in through these doors of this church, that old banana turned into some really good banana bread that I wasn't exactly expecting. Because sometimes our expectations aren't met, but the good news is that God is with us in the midst of unmet expectations, and He can turn our situations and circumstances around But a lot of times, it may not be how we were expecting him to do it. You see, I can tell you this. A lot of times, life isn't necessarily about what happens to you, but it's about how you are going to respond to it. How you respond to what happens to you in life. Christmas is the account of God answering the long-expected anticipation of his people. You see, for generation after generation after generation... The people of God had been praying, God, would you save us? Would you send us a Messiah? And they had been anticipating a Messiah. And Christmas is the story of that Messiah that people had been anticipating coming. However, there was a problem. He wasn't exactly what they were expecting, right? If I were going to tell you this year, somebody's going to come into power that's going to set everything right in the world, it's going to solve the injustice, justices. We'll stop terrorism. We'll stop unbalanced budgets and all those things. If we thought, man, somebody's going to come and set everything right, we would be expecting some sort of political power, some sort of, of, of somebody with tremendous influence that would come in and just demand attention and speak to us in a way that would motivate all kinds of people and everything, right? And that's what the Jewish people were expecting as well. When they were expecting a Messiah, they, they were expecting... Walker, Texas Ranger to show up, right? Walker, Jewish Ranger to show up, you know, to show up and just set everything right and put it into place. But they got an old banana in some senses. They could have felt that way because that's not what they got. You see, what they got was a poor, engaged couple. All right, let's look at it in our perspective. All right, we've got a young guy who's just a year out of high school and he's working minimum wage down at the auto parts store cleaning up. And he's engaged to this girl named Mary. His name is Joseph. He's engaged to Mary, and she's just trying to finish high school. Their families don't hardly have two pennies to rub together. But they love each other. They love each other so much that Joe saves up the little bit of money he makes. He goes down to Walmart, and he buys a $10 ring, and he says, baby, we don't have much, but we got love, and I promise I'm going to be with you till the day that I die. Would you marry me? And he proposes to this young girl, and she says yes. So we've got this poor, engaged couple. And then all of a sudden, he's got to go back to his small hometown, we'll call it Floresville, all right? He's got to go back to Floresville so that he can get 
register for the marriage license. He doesn't have a car. He can't afford a car. He can't borrow his parents' car because they're out at work. But he's got an old dirt bike that he's been working on. And he's fixed it up, so he says, Mary, let's go. We'll take the back roads, and we're going to ride to Floresville so that we can get registered. So, and here she is. She's got an interesting predicament as they ride. Because not just is she riding, but as you know, she's got a special circumstance that has happened. Because after they were engaged, she's laying in bed one night, and an angel has shown up. And he says, you are going to have a baby. And it is going to be the answer to everyone's prayers. Now that's enough to freak anybody out, right? But here's this young high school girl just trying to get by who an angel shows up to and says the answer to generation after generation's prayers is going to be within your womb. Now that would be a big step of faith to take. But it would also be a big step of faith for Joseph. Because how is he going to explain that one to everybody else, right? But the angel also shows up to Joe and he says, listen, your fiance is going to be pregnant and it is going to be God's baby. So they go along with it. They're trusting God and they love one another. And she's riding on the back of a dirt bike going to Floresville, Texas, right? So here they are, nine months, ladies, nine months pregnant on the back of a dirt bike, holding on all the way to Floresville, right? That's, that's what Mary and Joseph were facing in many ways. They finally get to Floresville, and she says, as we all probably would after a long ride like that on a dirt bike, Joseph, I'm not feeling so well. Can you pull over at this gas station over here? She gets the key. She goes around the back of that gas station to the ladies' room where she goes into labor and has her baby in the dirty gas station bathroom on the edge of Floresville. Now, this is a weird situation, right? But this is the answer that God is sending to his people. Not exactly the gift that they were hoping for, right? Meanwhile, while this is happening, there's two guys working out in the oil field. And while they're out there, they're checking on their rigs, they're making their rounds. All of a sudden, an angel, a being of light, appears in front of them And they both look at each other to make sure they're not just hallucinating from all the oil fumes or whatever. And this angel says, peace be with you. Do not be afraid. The Messiah has been born. Now maybe these guys took a little more convincing. Because not only was it one angel that they're listening to. But all of a sudden, there's two angels. All of a sudden, there's four angels. All of a sudden, there's a hundred angels. All of a sudden, there are three thousands of angels exactly surrounding surrounding these two guys out in the oil field and all of a sudden they are singing glory glory to God glory to God in the highest now that would be enough to send chills up and down any of our spines right so these two oil field guys turn to each other and they say we got to go find this girl in the bathroom, wherever she's at, and we've got to meet this baby. So they begin to make their way over there. Meanwhile, the story continues. Way down in 
Honduras, there are some heads of state. There are some professors. There are some well-to-do businessmen who have no idea about this promise that people have been praying for. But all of a sudden, every situation and circumstance lines up in their lives that they begin to say, we've got to go see what's happening in Floresville, Texas, and let's bring some really good gifts with us to honor this baby. And they make their way to Floresville, Texas. An unbelievable story, right? Imagining this baby predicted by angels to a poor couple who was born in a bathroom and angels show up and there's oil-filled workers and guys from another country coming over. But it's exactly what God does. You see, a lot of times what we're anticipating is not necessarily how God wants to answer our prayers. And that's exactly what happens here. Christmas reminds us that God knows better than we do. All right, go ahead and tell yourself, God knows better than I do. Because he does. The Jewish people were expecting the mighty Messiah to show up, but instead a lowly baby showed up in a manger. Christmas reminds us that God knows better than we do. I was reminded of this this week. A few years ago, we asked our kids around Christmas or their birthday, you know, what what do you want? Make us a list of, of your wishes or whatever. Jack, my son, who's 11 back there, number one on my list, I want a baby brother. Okay, son, let's sit down and have a little talk, all right? Um, This is just not going to work. Uh, I don't want to go into all the biology, but you are not going to have a baby brother. But we will make a compromise, and we will find a child in an orphanage, and we will start to sponsor that child, and you can write him letters, and you guys can be pen pals. Christmas reminds us that God knows better than we do. Because two years ago, our answer was no. You'll never have a brother, son. I'm sorry. But we'll let you write letters to a young man. Well, now this young man, I think we've got his picture right here. This is Fang Tao. He lives in an orphanage in China. And in just a few months, he will be Jack's brother. Because he, we are adopting him. And we've been in that process. Because God brought us to the point... Where God said, I know better than you do. And as we were just content sending 30 bucks a month or whatever, God put a burden on our heart. No, I don't want your change. I want you to be this young man's parents. God knows better than we do. God can trump our expectations. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says this. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything that you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I cannot promise you anything that God's going to do in your life in 2017. I can't promise you that 2017 is going to be better than 2016. I can't promise you it's going to be worse. I can't promise you what 2017 is going to be like, but I can promise you this. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 31.6, He will never leave you and He will never forsake you. It tells us in Romans chapter 8, nothing can separate you from His love. Christmas reminds us that He is Emmanuel, God with us. Whatever comes your way in 2017, God is with you. He may not meet your expectations in the way you think they should be met, but He is with you and He will never give up on you. And he will never stop loving you. We can only determine how we respond. There's two characters that come right after the manger scene that I want to touch on real quickly. 
because they determined how they responded much like we should. You see, they were also Jewish people who were awaiting this promise. Year after year after year, they had been praying for the Messiah to come. Days go by, weeks go by, months go by, years go by, and they just keep praying. God, would you send us a Messiah? In Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 28, we're going to meet a man named Simeon. At this time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout, and he was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to to present baby Jesus to the Lord, uh, as the law required, Simeon was there, and he took him in his arms and praised God. So here's an old man who for decades had prayed, God, send us the Messiah. He doesn't know he's waiting for a baby, right? He's just waiting for the Messiah, the answer to their prayers. And here he is, just like any other day, going to the temple. He's praying as he's in church, just like you guys are here tonight. Families were walking in. That particular day in the temple, a family walked in carrying a baby, just like some of these babies that we have around the room. And I can just imagine that as Simeon looks around and all of a sudden he locks eyes with this young couple carrying this baby, his heart just began to race as he realized that is the Messiah of the world that has just come through the doors. And he immediately goes up to that baby and he begins praying for that baby and prophesies over that baby. He could have given up long ago, but his choice was to respond to God by waiting in anticipation. The next person we're going to look at is a lady named Anna, just a few verses later. Luke chapter 2, verses 36 and 38. Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had only been married seven years. Then she Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She she never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God and fasting and prayer. This woman's been at church for a long time, praying for the Messiah to come. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly For God to rescue Jerusalem. Christmas reminds us that God is working in the details of your life even when you can't see them. This woman faced heartbreak. Her husband passed away when they'd only been married seven years. I know for some of you this time of year is difficult because you're missing someone that you love because life has disappointed you in some way Anna chose to respond to that by saying, God, I'm going to be in your presence and I'm going to let you determine the outcome of my life. And it took a long time. She stayed in the temple for 84 years. And then she finally sees the Messiah and she goes and begins to tell everyone else who has been waiting for the Messiah. God is working in the details even when we can't see it. Christmas, this Christmas story takes people who were rich, takes people who were poor, takes people who were locals, 
takes people who were foreigners. It takes men and it takes women. It takes educated and it takes uneducated people and puts them all into one story to say God has come to meet you right where you are. He is the true answer to what we have been truly anticipating. And sometimes we just have to say, God, I anticipate you no matter how you want to move in my life. We just simply have to be willing. Mary was a great example of that. I'll close with this scripture. Luke 1, 37 and 38. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are with us. Regardless of every situation and circumstance that we may be facing, Lord, Christmas reminds us that you have come near and that you are God with us. Father, we set aside our expectations and Lord, we say, would you come and do whatever you want to do in our lives as we look toward this new year. There may be some of you here tonight that you just need to say, I just need to be willing and I need to say, God, I want you to be the Lord of my life. If that's you tonight, or maybe you just need to get your life back on track, would you take just a moment tonight with the God who is here with you? Would you be willing to tell him that you set your expectations aside and you want to anticipate his will being done in your life? Maybe you need to ask him to be the Lord of your life. Maybe you need to ask him to forgive you or help you in some areas of your life. Lord, we thank you that you have sent Jesus to us to be our Savior, to be our Lord. Father, tonight we set aside this time to sit with our loved ones, our family, and our friends and thank you, Father, that you have made a way where there was no way that you meet us right where we're at. In Jesus' name, amen.